0: This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Thursday, June 10th. I'm Matt Hoysch.
1: And I'm Julia Caulfield.
0: In today's headlines, heritage stories with Andres Jacinto Alonso.
1: Capital Conversation closes out legislative session.
0: Telluride works on wastewater treatment plan upgrades.
1: And a mountain weather forecast.
0: June is Immigrant Heritage Month. And to celebrate, KOTO is partnering with Tri-County Health Network to feature the stories of some members of our local immigrant community in a series we are calling Heritage Stories. If you want to share your story or connect us with someone to hear theirs, reach out to us at news at KOTO.org. This week's story is from Andres Jacinto Alonso, who tells it in Spanish. Antonio Alonso reads it in English.
2: My nombre is Andrés Jacinto Alonso. Yo soy de un pueblo que se llama San Mateo Ixtatán, Guatemala. Yo soy de origen maya. Mi primer idioma es mayachu y también hablo el español y el inglés.
3: My name is Andrés Jacinto Alonso. I am from a town called San Mateo Ixtatán, Guatemala. I am of Mayan origin. My first language is Mayanchu and I also speak Spanish and English. <música>
2: Creo que hay algo en común entre los inmigrantes y del por qué emigran. ¿Qué serían razones económicas, sociales y políticas de nuestro país? Por ejemplo, en Centroamérica, donde la mayoría de nuestros gobernantes son corruptos. Por ejemplo, en mi país Guatemala, es muy difícil que uno estudie y termine su educación superior.
3: I think there is something in common between emigrants and why they emigrate, which could be for economic, social and political reasons. For example, in Central America, most leaders are corrupt. In Guatemala, it is very difficult for someone to study and finish higher education.
2: In my case, gracias al apoyo de mis padres, yo pude terminar la secundaria y el diversificado. Yo vengo de una familia de siete. Y cuando terminé mi diversificado, yo quería seguir estudiando y graduarme de la universidad. Uno de mis sueños y de mis papás era que nosotros fuéramos doctores, porque en ese entonces el pueblo no contaba con el acceso a cuidados médicos.
3: En my case, thanks to the support of my father, I was able to finish high school and some additional schooling. I come from a family of seven. And when I finished high school, I wanted to continue studying and graduate from a university. One of mine and my parents' dream were for us to become doctors because at the time the town did not have access to medical care.
2: In my pueblo, no hay educación superior. Debes salir e ir a la ciudad para poder continuar tus estudios. Yo estaba estudiando en Huehuetenango, la ciudad, después de haber obtenido una beca que me ayudó a cubrir a la mitad de mis gastos. Durante este tiempo mis hermanos y mis hermanas estaban estudiando. Entonces, mi papá no podía cubrir los gastos del hogar y de los estudios. Por el bien de mi familia, decidí salirme de mis estudios y venir a los Estados Unidos para trabajar y ayudarles a mis papás para cubrir los gastos de los estudios secundarios y universitarios de mis hermanos.
3: In my town there is no accessibility to higher education. You must get out and move to the city in order to continue your studies. I was studying in Huehuetenango after having obtained a scholarship that helped me cover half of my expenses. During this time my brother and sister were also studying, so my father could not cover the expenses of the home and the studies for the sake of my family. I decided to leave my studies and come to the United States to work and help my parents to cover the expenses of high school. And university for my siblings.
2: Así fue que llegué a los Estados Unidos en el año 2003, empezando a trabajar y apoyar económicamente a mi familia como lo había prometido desde un principio. Mi hermano mayor ahora es cirujano y cada dos semanas viaja a mi pueblo para atender las necesidades de la gente. Tengo otro hermano de 30 años. Y él será pronto cirujano. Tengo una hermana que tiene su propio negocio, otra que es psicóloga, una hermana también que está tratando de abrir una panadería en mi pueblo. Ella terminó sus estudios y vino a Telluride como una con una visa de trabajo. Todo esto fue posible gracias al apoyo
3: de Jerry Green. So that is how I came to the United States in 2003 and started to work and financially support my family, as I had promised from the beginning. My older brother is now a surgeon, and every two weeks he travels to my hometown to attend to the needs of our people. I have another 30-year-old brother, and he will soon be a surgeon. I have a sister who has her own business, another who is a psychologist, and a sister who is trying to open a bakery in my town. She finished her studies and came to Telluride right on a work visa. All of this was possible thanks to the support of Jerry Green.
2: Jerry ayudó mucho a la comunidad latina, y es muy importante para mí que el pueblo reconozca su apoyo. Jerry fue uno de los líderes de esta comunidad que apoyó a los latinos, y yo siempre he dicho que personas como Jerry have un lugar especial en el cielo. Jerry ayudó a traer a una de mis hermanas. Y aquella pudo aprender y practicar lo que ella estudió.
3: Jerry helped the Latino community a lot, and it is very important to me that the people recognize his support. Jerry was one of the leaders of this community that supports Latinos, and I have always said that people like Jerry have a special place in heaven. Jerry helped bring one of my sisters to the US, and here she was able to learn and practice what she had studied.
2: Por razones políticas yo no pude regresar a mi país, pero me da mucho gusto y orgullo saber que por mis sacrificios mis hermanos sacaron sus carreras y el sueño de mi papá se está cumpliendo.
3: For political reasons, I cannot return to my country, but it gives me great pleasure and pride to know that because of my sacrifices, my siblings completed their career and my father's dream is being fulfilled.
2: Aprovechando el mes de la herencia del inmigrante, tenemos la oportunidad de celebrarlo todos, porque de una o de cualquier forma, todos somos inmigrantes en este país. Ahora más que nunca, los inmigrantes somos el poderoso motor que continúa el desarrollo sostenible de los Estados Unidos. Los inmigrantes vienen en este país para una mejor vida y en búsqueda del sueño americano. Los inmigrantes forman parte esencial de la estructura económica de este
3: país. We should take advantage of Immigrant Heritage Month and celebrate it because, in one way or another, we are all immigrants in this country. Now more than ever, immigrants are the powerful engine that continues the sustainable development of the U.S. Immigrants come to this country for a better life and in search of the American dream. Immigrants are an essential part of the economic structure of this country.
2: Simplemente en este pueblo sería muy difícil que los restaurantes, hoteles y áreas de esquí puedan seguir saliendo adelante. Los inmigrantes estamos acostumbrados a trabajar. Yo conozco a personas en este pueblo que luego trabajan hasta 16 horas al día. Nosotros los inmigrantes somos fundamental para el pueblo de Telluride. Muchos de mis paisanos llegan muy jóvenes y aprovechan el tiempo para estudiar y trabajar. Sé que cada uno de nosotros tenemos grandes historias que contar, historias bonitas, aventuras, los obstáculos que enfrentamos a diario en este gran país.
3: Simply in this town, it will be very difficult for restaurants, hotels and ski areas to operate. Immigrants are used to working hard. I know people in this town who work up to 16 hours a day. We immigrants are fundamental to the people of Telluride. Many men from my country arrive very young and take advantage of the time to study and work. I know that each of us have great stories to tell, beautiful stories, adventures we go through, or the obstacles we face every day in this great country.
1: Each spring, KOTO State House reporter Scott Franz guides listeners through the highs and lows of Colorado's legislative session. With the General Assembly out for the year, in this installment of Capital Conversation, Franz looks back on the year. Have a listen. Hey, Scott, thanks for taking a few minutes to chat with me today.
4: Pleasure, Julia.
1: So the... State legislature wrapped up its session um, this week. And I just wanted to touch base with you a little bit of how it went in general. So, I mean, especially thinking back to the beginning of the session where there were still so many COVID protocols, those sorts of things in place to where we ended up now. How did the session feel this year?
4: Yeah, it was definitely another strange session. Uh, you know, we're, there's a sense of relief now that it's. Um, that it's ended because you know we're again pushing later into June, and uh, this Capitol building isn't equipped for for summer work, as I like to say. It, it gets pretty pretty hot in the building, but um, I will say you know it was it was a, another fascinating session to cover. Um, gosh, there are just too many big issues to to really keep track of that that went through up until the final hours. Um, you know some of the the highlights for me. I, I think back to, you know, the moment we were in the Capitol after the verdict uh, in the the trial for the the murder of George Floyd and and how lawmakers reacted to that. You know that's been a, a moment that has uh, changed Colorado and really sparked lawmakers to pass several pieces of of new legislation on on policing and you know officers using deadly force. So that that was a um, you know, what I feel a historic moment to be um, in the building to to witness that emotion of of people. You know, it, it started probably much more uh, unusual, just with you know the plastic dividers between desks and you know. But up until the last day, you know, they were still taking your temperature every time you walked in the building. Reminders of you know this deadly pandemic, even though case numbers were going down and and things were getting better you know, up until the very end. Um, you know, finally, I'll say it seems like we are returning to you know, business as usual here. Um, the the late-night filibusters, the um, kind of big policy debates over guns, plastic bags, the environment, um, kind of moving at a, a whirlwind speed. Um, but I, I really can't recall a session that I've covered yet that, that was as eventful, um, you know, and kind of fast paced as, as this one.
1: You mentioned that they were really passing bills, doing work up until the last minute. Does it feel like legislators were able to get everything that they wanted completed in this session? I
4: think so. Um, you know, you, you'll, you'll talk to some lawmakers, um, you know, on, for example, criminal justice reform. Um, there were some Democrats who kind of ended the session uh, upset that they had to drop some reforms they were pushing. I'm, I'm talking specifically about a bill um, that aimed to to reduce the jail population by kind of telling police not to make arrests for some lower-level crimes. So, you know, lawmakers always have some work that goes unfinished, but they did complete the stimulus package. They got the federal money going out. Transportation package was was advanced to the governor. Um, all of the gun bills post-Boulder um, are on their way to Polis. So, you know, the Democrats and Republicans are feeling, you know, good about lots of the things they accomplished. You know, on a more bipartisan note, it was you know, stimulus and some of the policy changes around continuing, you know, alcohol takeout and delivery, things like that. But yeah, yeah, I don't think, you know, we're, we we always knock on one would say this, but uh, it doesn't sound like they're going to have to come back this summer for any sort of a, a special session. I probably shouldn't have said that, but that at least right now is how it's trending.
1: Keeping fingers crossed for you. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah. We just we just ended. We always, when we make summer plans, have to think about that possibility.
1: Well, I mean, on that note, I have to ask, you are always working, always busy, but especially during the session, it's just kind of raised to the nth degree. So what, do you have any fun summer plans to kind of get out and relax a little bit more after this whirlwind of a session?
4: Oh, definitely. Um, got lots of camping trips booked, uh, fly fishing trips. So lots uh, lots to do. Um, you know, I always enjoy this time, but this is also a time, you know, I'll be working on some projects, taking road trips, maybe and swing through um, your area at some point as I have on previous reporting projects, and, you know, this is actually some of the time I enjoy the most is getting out of the Capitol building and, you know, taking a look at how the laws that were passed are are affecting people. Are they working the way they should? So in between, you know, trying to catch some trout, I'll be, uh, you know, chasing chasing some stories on the West Slope uh, and other parts of the state and carrying on the work.
1: Amazing. Well, yeah, we'd love to see you down here. And um, thank you so much for guiding us through this legislative session. And we'll keep in touch, but then get back for these conversations once the session starts in, oh, just a few months again next year. <laughs> yeah, it'll,
4: it'll be back before we know it. And I, I so enjoy our conversations and kind of recapping the, the big things happening here that are affecting people's lives in your listening area.
1: That was KOTO Scott Franz reporting from Denver. Telluride's wastewater treatment plant needs an update. First opened in 1987, it's now over 30 years old. It's an
5: older plant, and it was envisioned. Most wastewater plants are about 30 years old.
1: That's Karen Gugliamone, Environmental and Engineering Division Manager for the town of Telluride, speaking at a town council retreat on Thursday. She says around that time, treatment plants typically need a little more care. But, of course, it's not just the age of the plant. It's also the amount of material the treatment plant is taking in.
5: As our region has grown, you know, we're well aware of winter and summer visitor peaks. um, And we'll see if this starts again, that we have peaks, or if we just continue with what we saw last year, which was, you know, visitor population goes up and, really high and stays high all season. We used a lot of wastewater. There are a lot of people in the area.
1: That visitor population is in addition to a growing regional population of residents. So what's the plant to do? The town of Telluride, in collaboration with the town of Mountain Village, created a Telluride Regional Wastewater Treatment Plant Master Plan. So investigations
5: considered all options, including moving the current plant to another location, or locating additional smaller plants in other places in the system. Um, and it was determined at that time, you know, there's, we're always revisiting those concepts, but at that time it was determined that this plant, retrofitting this plant in its current uh, location, was really the most viable option, the most feasible option.
1: The treatment plant is due for an expansion as part of the society turn development but in the meantime, it's also looking to become more efficient with what it already has. Currently, the treatment plant uses a settling method for wastewater treatment. What we do is we actually take
6: a natural process um, that occurs in nature because there's animals everywhere and they've got waste that they produce. And what happens is bacteria consume the waste as their food. And so bacteria become... The basis of a wastewater treatment plant. So you take bacteria, you put them in a bioreactor. So we hold these bacteria and accelerate the process that naturally happens in the environment. And we we have to keep them in the process, so the traditional way of doing that is by letting them settle. So you have the bacteria, you put them in a clarifier, they settle down to the bottom, and you return them back into your, your bioreactor.
1: That's Fraser Kent. He's with H2O Innovation, a water and wastewater treatment company, working with the town on upgrades to the plant. With that current process, the wastewater treatment plant can handle 3,700 pounds of material per day. But the master plan suggests by 2050, the plant will need to process 7,000 pounds per day. With that, Kent suggests upgrading to a membrane bioreactor, or MBR, system. Membrane bioreactors
6: do the exact same thing. There's no substantial difference between a conventional plant and a membrane with the caveat that instead of settling the bacteria to keep them in the process, we use membrane filters. There's two big things that membranes do. They don't rely on settling. Right? You've got a membrane filter that's designed to hold the bacteria. And because they don't rely on settling, the concentration of bacteria that can be in your bioreactor, instead of being around three grams per liter, become nine grams per liter. So you can triple the amount of bacteria in the same tanks. And as you can imagine, when you're limited on your loading rate, you need a lot of bacteria to be able to treat that loading rate. Um, being able to put more bacteria in there really solves the problem without you having to build more tanks.
1: He adds the MBR system also allows for better effluent quality. With the new process, Kent says the treatment plant will be able to fulfill the need into the future, and then some. Right
6: now, you have three oxidation ditches and three clarifiers. By switching to an MBR, because you can triple the quantity of bacteria in the tank, you can actually go down to only two oxidation ditches and still double the amount of bacteria that you have in the system. So you can double that loading rate to get to the 7,000 pounds per day and you make some infrastructure available. All the costs that went into filling that tank can be reused for utilization, solids handling or other processes.
1: The town of Telluride is moving forward with a switch to a membrane bioreactor system at the wastewater treatment plant. The town hopes to begin construction in 2023 with the new system going online in 2025.
0: The Telluride Bluegrass Festival kicks off this weekend. For a lot of music enthusiasts, that means late nights. But, fear not, regional transportation is compensating with later operating hours. The gondola will run until 2 a.m. this weekend on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and next weekend on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. The town of Mountain Village will also offer free bus service from Club Red to Lawson Hill, after each nightgrass show. However, due to this year's smaller festival size, there will not be free overnight parking in the gondola parking garage. Masks are still required on all public transportation per federal
1: requirements. San Miguel County will get some two-wheeled travelers next week. Ride the Rockies is pulling into Norwood on Tuesday, June 15th. Cyclists will end their third day of racing after a 100-mile journey from Cortez but they won't be staying long. On Wednesday morning, cyclists will set off on a 40-mile stretch to Ridgeway. The six-day race takes bikers on a 418-mile loop, starting and ending in Durango. The annual event is yet another sign of life returning to some sort of normal. Last year's Ride the Rockies was canceled due to the pandemic.
0: Coloradans are known for being adventurous. But for many, home might be exciting enough for the near future. Half of Coloradans plan on vacationing in-state this summer. That's according to a 2,000-person survey conducted by poll and commissioned by Cooper Tires. On average, respondents don't want to drive any further than 115 miles to get to their destinations. But staying local doesn't mean fewer travelers— For the first time since the pandemic began, according to the poll, 63% of people will be leaving their homes for more than two days this summer vacation.
1: Public health officials say a dozen Colorado counties have now vaccinated more than 70% of their eligible populations against the coronavirus. San Juan County has the highest vaccination rate, with almost 90% of its population receiving at least one dose. San Miguel County is second, with over 75% receiving at least one dose. Other leading counties include Denver and Boulder. There are still 16 counties that have vaccinated less than 40 percent of residents. Governor Jared Polis says places like Mesa County, which includes Grand Junction, is seeing higher virus cases and hospitalizations because they are lagging behind.
0: There's a direct correlation between vaccination rates uh, and and successful suppression of the virus.
1: More than 3.1 million Coloradans have now received at least one dose of the vaccine.
0: The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for mostly clear skies tonight with a low in the mid-30s and wind gusts as high as 30 miles per hour. Friday, expect sunny skies with a high near 80 and Friday night clear skies with a low around 40. Saturday should be sunny with a high around 80 and wind gusts as high as 20 miles per hour and Saturday night calls for mostly clear skies with a low around 40. This has been the news for Thursday, June 10th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 728-3206. Kodo News will be off on Friday for our annual Bluegrass broadcast, kicking off Friday at 3 p.m. If you're in the local listening range, tune in on your FM dial. For those streaming on kodo.org, we've created special archived Bluegrass programming for you to enjoy. We will be back with our regularly scheduled news programming on Monday.